All right, let's take our Bibles together with, would you with me please, to the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter 2. This passage is so familiar, and uh, it's about the star of Jesus Christ. The star of Jesus Christ. And I say it that way on purpose, and you'll know why in just a moment. We've, saw, we've seen in chapter 1 the generation of Jesus Christ, and we saw the stepfather of Jesus Christ, and we saw the virgin birth of Jesus Christ. And here in chapter 2, we're introduced to the star of Jesus Christ. Now, if a king has been born, then he must be acknowledged And God is going to get the truth of His Son in a miraculous way. So as we read Matthew chapter 2, we're going to expose some myths that people have in their mind about this story. This is a wonderful story. It's an exciting story. We've heard about it since we were children, if you've been in Sunday school or been associated with the Lord. But a lot of things uh, are said about this story that aren't in the Bible. And there are other truths that are here that I think that we can learn and, and find some things maybe that, that others haven't thought about as we look through the, the Word of God together. But when God made known to the world of His Son, he, that His Son came, He did it in a miraculous way. Whether it was to Joseph, as we saw in chapter 1, He had to do a miraculous thing to him in a dream. And God had to speak to him in a very miraculous manner that wasn't normal. wasn't normal. It was an advanced revelation to Joseph. He did the same to Mary. God doesn't make a habit of sending angels to people and talking to them. It was a miraculous thing. It was a... An announcement, a, 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 a revelation that was out of the norm to Mary. He did the same thing with the shepherds. And here with this story of the wise men, he did the same thing. He, he's announcing to the world, not just to people in Jerusalem, but he's announcing to the world this greatest event of human history. These men are not from Jerusalem. I would submit to you, They're not Jews, which in itself is a miracle. They're Gentiles. So let's read this story that we're all familiar with. Verse number 1 of Matthew chapter 2. Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he? that is born king of the Jews, for we have seen his star, that's so important in this text, his star in the east and are come to worship him. When Herod the king had heard these things, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he demanded of them where Christ should be born. And they said unto him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet. And thou, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, art not the least among the princes of Judah? For out of thee shall come a governor that shall rule my people Israel. Then Herod, when he had 
privily called the wise men, inquired of them diligently what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the young child. And when you have found him, bring me word again that I may come and worship him also. When they had heard the king, they departed. And lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. You cannot read this story without seeing the emphasis of this star. So much has been said about this story that's not true that we need to clear up a few myths, okay? The first myth is I would start here in verse number 1 where he said there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem. Okay, so you've heard about the Magi. (laughs) These are not magicians. You say, well, why, why do they call them the Magi? They're trying to take a Greek word and turn it into an English word. And so what those people need to do is quit playing the Greek game because they don't know Greek. They're not magicians. Okay, when you talk about magicians in the Bible, it's all a bad connotation. Magic is a bad thing. (laughs) And it's a real thing, but it's a satanic thing, you see. These are not satanic people. So the first myth is that these are magicians, or as the song is sung, we three kings of Orient. They're not kings. They're not magicians. They're not kings. They're not wizards. They're not sorcerers. I would say this. They are not astrologers. You see why you say all that? Because the Bible tells you what they are. They are wise men. (laughs) You don't have to be an astrologer to be a wise man. You don't have to be a king to be a wise man. Now it is true that wise men, you run that, that phrase through the Bible and you'll find them standing before kings. They are very unusual men. They stood before the pharaohs. They're found in the Old Testament in the book of Exodus. The wise men stood before Ahasuerus in that Persian empire. You find that in Esther chapter 1, the wise men. They are found in Babylon in Nebuchadnezzar's court. But make no mistake about it, these people are not worshipers of any false god. They're not astrologists because I would say this to you about astrology. Astrology is not godly. There is no wisdom in astrology. Okay? So they're not these people that are looking up in the stars and studying the different constellations and looking at Leo and looking at... That's not what's going on. 
And I think that's an important thing to do because some people say, oh, these wise men, I mean, they're stargazers, you know, and they're looking. No, 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 no. no. They received a revelation from God just like Joseph received a revelation from God, just like Mary received a revelation from God, just like the shepherds received a revelation. These wise men, it was not because they were scientists. It was not because they were educated. It was not because they knew astronomy better than anyone else. That is not what this story is trying to tell you. God has revealed himself to these men and they were wise enough to receive the revelation. So it's not, they're not just intelligent. You can find intelligent people that are not wise. You can find us. The King James Bible, every word is perfect. And it says wise men because that's what they were. Anybody that wants to find Jesus is wise. And by the way, they're not just interested in the star. They said, we have seen his star, but we're come to worship him. We're not interested in the star. We're interested in Him. That's the wisdom, you see. They're not just interested in a king. Think about this. Think about this. Just think about how wise these guys are. Tell me when do kings get worshipped? You don't worship kings. Matter of fact, if you worship king, that's a form of blasphemy. These men are so wise. They know this is more than a king because they understand this king deserves worship. And God is the only one that deserves worship. The wisdom goes much further than knowing a king of the Jews have been born. I would ask why would they even care? They're not Jews. There is some type of wisdom that these men have that comes from a revelation of God, not from their intelligence. They are Gentiles, but they want to worship this Christ. They're wise. They're not involved in false religion. I I would say this. You remember, drop down just a few verses After they come to Herod and they said, we've seen his star in the east of the king of the Jews. They said, where is he born king of the Jews? We've seen his star in the east come to worship him. Herod immediately, verse number four, he gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together. He demanded of them where Christ should be born. I think Herod says, if these guys know about this, don't y'all know about this? You see, they were wiser than the people that were reading the Bible. The chief priests, the scribes, the people that spend all their time in the Bible, the religious people, didn't know He had come. Isn't that amazing? They were religiously smart. They even told Herod from the Bible where Christ would be born. But they had not received the revelation that he had been born. 
They were smart in the Bible, but they weren't smart about knowing what God was revealing to people. Here's my question. Why did God have to go to people in the east to reveal his son? Why couldn't he reveal it to to the chief priests, to the scribes, the people that were reading the Bible? I think God is very choosy who he lets his revelation be revealed to. And I think it's a matter of the heart. He went all the way to the east. Now, some people have said that these wise men came from from Babylon. I don't believe that's true because in the book of Jeremiah, the Bible tells us that Babylon is in the north. And if you look at a map and you grab Jerusalem and and Bethlehem and, and Israel, Babylon is north, just like Jeremiah says, a people are coming from the north from Babylon to, to take you into captivity. No, no, they're from the east. Now, nobody knows where that was. I, I don't even know how long it took them to get there because I don't know where they were from. But what I'm trying to tell you is God went a long way away from the people that should have been interested in the revelation to give it to somebody that was interested enough to hear the revelation and act on it. And it didn't matter how far it was away. They're going to come bearing gifts. And they're going to come to worship. And I would say again, these are wise men. They are not the intelligentsia of the world. It's not their education. It's their wisdom. I, I probably shouldn't have been doing it, but lately I've been, I've been listening to, to uh, a lot of educated people, and a lot of them are atheists, given their take of why there is no God. And I'm just astounded of how intelligent somebody can be, but how stupid they can be. You understand what I'm saying? They, got, they have all these facts, but they can't put it down to where it affects their life and eternity. One guy kept standing up and saying, for us primates... <laughs> I mean, he just looked at humanity as a bunch of primates. Well, then what's the point? There was no wisdom, and that's true about our society. They'll tell you about all the problems of the ozone layers, but they can't solve the problems of the family. They'll tell you how to make a telescope to see farther than anyone can ever see. They will talk to you about the human genome and look at all the DNA and all that. But they can't solve the problems of their own addictions and their own fears. That's not wisdom. Intelligence has never been wisdom. Wisdom is being able to apply things to life so they make sense, you see. These men certainly were smart, but more than that, they were wise. They were wise. So myth number one, that these are magicians or whatever you want to call them. They're wise men. Let's just leave the word alone. They're so wise. Myth number two, that there were three of them. (laughs) Now, they probably that... People have come to that conclusion because of verse 11 because they've got three different gifts. 
Now, let me say this. There could have been three of them, but there could have been ten of them. Matter of fact, I think there were so many of them that they brought the bank with them. There were so many of them that they, they, they stirred up the whole city. The whole city was troubled. You see that? The Bible said, verse 3, when Herod the king had heard these things, he was troubled. And all Jerusalem, when these guys came to town, people stood up and said, wow, what's going on? They either made a scene with their entourage, with all of their riches. So there probably was more than three. I don't know how many there were. By the way, the Bible said in verse number two there that, or verse number three, that Herod the king had heard these things. He was troubled in all Jerusalem with him. They believed this. Now, now watch this. If somebody came here from India and walked in and gave a brand new message, would everybody just say, would it trouble everybody? These people know something that nobody, none of us know. They must have been so convincing. You understand? The whole city believes something's happened. Man, we, we, go to, we go to a town or a city or a place in this world to carry the gospel of Jesus Christ and we preach the word of God and we take the perfect word and it is like pulling nails to get, get an audience of people to believe what you're saying. And here these guys come to town and everybody's like, wow, they're troubled. You know why they're troubled? They're troubled for a lot of reasons. Herod, if, if, if Herod's a king, he's got a rival. He's about to lose his throne. That's why he's troubled. Now, why is the rest of the city troubled? Because they already have a king. His name is Caesar. And if there is a king of the Jews that shows up, right off the bat, you're going to have so much political trouble. They're afraid that what's going to happen with Rome here, if there is a demonstration of a king of the Jews here, what is Caesar going to do? What is Rome going to do with us? They are a people under under control and body. So it but evidently they believe the report. They just didn't dismiss it. I wonder how many people dismiss our revelation. The revelation that I'm telling you, these guys were convincing. It may have been because there were so many of them. It may have been because of all the money they had with them. Their prestige, but they were believable. Lord God, help us, help our witness to be believable. Help us to be somebody that will carry some weight with what we say. So the myth that there were three, the third myth, and we want to get in the text in just a second, but the third myth that these wise men came to the nativity scene and there was a baby there at the manger. That, that's, that's, that's not what happened. Verse number 11 says, and when they were coming to the house, so Joseph is gone from a manger to a house. Which, by the way, I believe shows you that this is a hard-working man. You do know Joseph was a poor man. It probably took everything he had to go pay his taxes. Everything he had. Because when he got down there after, after Jesus was born, he didn't even have enough money to bring an offering in. But evidently, 
He gets a job. I don't think he had enough money to get back home. Because all of a sudden we find him moving from his hometown and now he has a house. Evidently working a job and this young child, not a baby, but this young child. So evidently, and there's a reason that this is in the text, that Herod wants to kill all the babies from two years old and under. And the reason that is, is because Christ is no longer a baby by the time the wise men get to Jerusalem. He's a young child, and so Herod didn't want to take any chances, and he kills, he's going to kill all the babies from two years old and under to make sure that he gets him. And so, so that's another myth. The fourth myth is, and it's really found in the Bible, it has nothing to do with our culture, is that, that Herod is interested in worshiping this child. The Bible says in verse number 7, watch this, then Herod, when he had privily called the wise men, inquired of them diligently what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the young child, and when ye have found him, bring me word again that I may come and worship him also. The myth that he really wanted to worship Jesus is totally a lie. He just wants to know where he is and how old he is so he knows how many to kill from what age and below. As a matter of fact, when you look at Herod in verse number 3, when it says, when he heard these things, verse 4 says, he gathered all the chief priests, the scribes of the people together. He demanded them where Christ should be born. And they said unto him in Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, thou Bethlehem in the land of Judah, art not the least among the princes of Judah, for out of thee shall come a governor and shall rule, that shall rule my people Israel. Herod in, he says, we need to have a Bible study. We need to find out about the king of the Jews. We need to find out about Messiah. But you know, everybody don't have a right motive when they approach the Bible. The myth that everybody that goes to church is interested in God is a myth. The myth that, that if, well, I have a Bible, certainly I'm reading the Bible, I'm interested. Herod wanted a Bible study for his own purposes to kill the Lord's Christ. There's a lot of people that use the Bible for their own purposes. You've heard politicians quote the Bible. Some of that makes me sick, you know. They quote the Bible like they're really trying to live the Bible. No, you just try, you got an agenda, you see. May we never use the Bible for our own agenda. You know, I learned that when I was in Bible college, you know. Bible college students, they argue about all kind of things. Brother Paul would know this. And they'll take a position. And what people do in Bible college, they'll take the Bible and they'll grab the verses for the things that they want to argue for. You know, you know that the Bible's not supposed to be used for that. You're not to run to the Bible to grab things just to prop up what you think and what you're interested in. That's not what the Bible is about. The Bible is about you finding God and God finding you. And your heart being open to the Lord, to truth. Herod is not really open to the truth, but he calls all the Bible students and says, get in there and find where, where, where the king of the Jews is going to be born. And immediately they found it. It's in the book of Micah. He's going to be born in Bethlehem of Judah. Old little town of Bethlehem. Seven, this is how you look. You know what's the most amazing thing about this passage of Scripture? 
It's not even the star. It's the verse in the book of Micah. 700 years before Jesus was born, God had his prophet take out his pen and say, right, right, right the city is going to be Bethlehem of Judah. 700 years before it happened. Somebody asked, how do you know the Bible's word of God? By mathematic probability. There is no way in the world you can have all those prophecies and they come true right on the money. That's impossibility. Has to be God book. That's a God book right there. He named Cyrus before he was born 200 years. But man, when it came to his son, 700 years. And they say, yeah, he's right here. He says he's going to be born in Bethlehem. The least, the least, boy, what a thing. The greatest came to the least. (laughs) Isn't Isn't that just like God? The greatest of all came to the least of all. What a lesson God's putting in there. He could have picked any. Why wouldn't he let his son be born in Jerusalem? Why wouldn't he let his son... Be born in Nazareth. It had been a whole lot smaller trip. I personally believe that God had the Roman emperor cause that census and that tax to take place just to get Joseph and Mary to go down, amen, to Jerusalem and to Bethlehem to have the baby where the baby was supposed to be born. I believe he chose, he, he, he changed the whole government and the tax system to get them down there. Well, why didn't he choose somewhere else? God says, I'm going to choose the least. He's still choosing the least. Paul the apostle said, I'm less than the least. And God says, I'll I'll come there. (laughs) I'll come to you. I'll use you. Boy, it's when we get big that he don't want to come to us. You know, he don't want to be around us. So the myth that Herod really wanted to worship the Lord. He had no intention. Notice it says here in the verse, verse 7, Then Herod, when he had privily called the wise men, he did not want to call them in front of the rest of the Jews. He did this in a private way. He dismissed all of the Bible scholars and all the Jews. He said, hey, come here. I need you to go to Bethlehem and find him. Because I want to worship him too. You know, he would never have said that in front of the Jewish people. You you see see that? He is so two-faced. This Herod the Great privately tells these wise men, Yeah, I want to worship him too. Hey, the wise men were not ashamed to tell everybody they wanted to worship him. But you've got to do it privately. I don't think you're really interested in worshiping him. And he's not. And I'd say this. If we can't worship the Lord and stand up for the Lord in public, then the private's not not much count. And so the myth that he really wanted to worship the Lord was, was totally wrong. Okay, this is the interesting part. This is the fun part. So myth number five. Let's go back and we'll go through the text. He says, 
In verse number two, where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. Myth number five, that this is an astronomical star in the universe. That it's a star way up in the heavens in the universe. Now, if it was, then why does it say we have seen his star? Really, all of those are his. Right? He, he made all of them. So, so if you say up there in the... And it's even interesting what a star is. That word's mentioned over and over again in, in Matthew chapter 2. Now, now notice, we've, we've heard the story of the myth that they, they saw this star in the east and the star... Moved west, westward leading, still proceeding. God, no, 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 no. They saw, that's past tense. They saw his star in the east. Then they didn't see it no more. And we know that because when they, if, when they got to Israel, if the star was still guiding, they didn't have to stop over to Herod's house. No, they just know that the King of the Christ has come and they want to come find him. They get this revelation from the star and so they get to Jerusalem on their own, nothing leading them. It's not in the text. But when Herod tells them in verse number 8, just go to Bethlehem and search for him because that's where he's going to be born. Maybe you'll find him there. No star mentioned. Verse number 9, now watch it. When they had heard the king, they departed, and lo, the star, which they saw, past tense, in the east, went before them. So all of a sudden, this star that they saw wherever they were living in the east, I don't know if it's China, I don't know if it was India, I don't know if it's Iran, I, don't, I just know it was east. And a long enough way that when they finally got to, to, to Jerusalem, this is not a baby anymore. It's a young child. And so they get there and when they, when they leave Herod and they find out he was born in Bethlehem. And when they start, wow, there it is again. Guys, this was not getting out their telescopes and looking Wherever they were in the east, there it is. Okay, it's moving, it's moving. We're going to go that way. That's not the text. They saw this star, they went to Jerusalem, and then the star appeared again. Now, we know this is not an astronomical star because of what I just read. Verse 9, when they had heard the king, they departed, and lo, the star which they saw in the east, watch it, went before them till it came and stood over where the child was. Now, don't you can't insult people's intelligence by saying a star that is up in the universe is going to stand over the top. Now, now watch this. Follow me. Jerusalem is here. Bethlehem is here. That's ten miles. You understand how close that is? You can't even tell up in the heavens when, if a star were to move 
Guys, it is, it, it's, it, it cannot happen. Somebody said, well, it was a comet that had seven blazing heads. Then they start making, it was a meteor. It was a shooting star. And so we sing a little nursery rhyme. Twinkle, twinkle, little star, how I wonder, what are you? What is this? Guys, stars, this star stood. Do you see this? You cannot say that about anything in the galaxy. He's not talking about constellations. I've even read and heard people go, oh, no, this is, well, you know, planets are, the word planet is from the word wandering, and a planet is really a wandering star, and so Jupiter with its moon Reginus, which is meant to be the king, lined up, and they, however you want to do that, the heavens cannot stand over a child. And really, from whatever vantage point you're standing, it's going to look different. You're going 10 miles and you're going to tell me it's impossible. It's not something up there. You know why? Because it's his star. It's not a star. It's his star. Now, what does that mean? And how can we understand this? I literally believe they saw this star when they left Herod. And it came and and it traveled that 10 miles and stood over where the young child was. Literally. Well, they've not only said planets are like stars and comets and meteors. You know, even Starlink, you know. If you saw a satellite in the sky, it would look like a star. That's why Musk calls it Starlink. They look like stars. It's an appearance of something that's in the sky. But let's run a few more scriptures. Grab Numbers chapter 24. And I want to show you why it says his star. Guys, this is a revelation just like, again, Joseph got. Just like Mary got. Just like the shepherds got. This is not some fact of planets lining up and the constellation. That's bogus. You tell me, somebody's going to take a a telescope and look up in the sky and say, okay, a king's born and he's the king of the Jews. You know where they get some of that stuff from? Astrology. The names of the constellations. Oh, that's just junk. This star stood over where the child was. That's how they knew to go 10 miles away. So why is it called his star and not just any old star? Numbers 24. Numbers chapter 24, great prophecy here that God gave to Balaam. The Bible said in Numbers chapter 24, verse 16, He hath said, which heard the words of God and knew the knowledge of the Most High, which saw the vision of the Almighty falling into a trance, but having his eyes open, I shall see him, but not now. I shall behold him, but not nigh. There shall come a what? A star out of Jacob and a scepter shall rise out of Israel and shall smite the corners of Moab and destroy all the children of Seth. This is a prophecy of the ruler that God is going to send to Israel and it calls him a star of Jacob. That's not all. Look at First Peter with me or Second Peter, excuse me. Get Second Peter in one hand and get Revelation chapter 2 in the other hand. 
we have seen his star. Second Peter chapter 1. Second Peter chapter 1 and verse number 19. Second Peter 1 19. We have also a more sure word of prophecy, whereunto ye do well that ye take heed as unto a light that shineth in a dark place until the day dawn and the day star arise in your heart. Well, what is a day star? It's a star that shines in the daytime. You can't miss it. Our sun is a star. Revelation chapter 2. Pin it down a little more about this day star. Revelation chapter 2, the Bible says, in verse number 27, And he shall rule them with a rod of iron, as the vessels of a potter shall they be broken to shivers, even as I received of my father. And I will give him the morning star. The morning star is a star that comes up in the morning. It shines so brightly that you even see it in the daytime. All the rest of those stars, you have to wait till the nighttime to see them. But the morning star is so bright, you, you can see it at any time. All right, Revelation chapter 22. Revelation chapter 22, verse 16. Revelation twenty-two sixteen. 16. I, Jesus, have sent, what does it say? Mine angel to testify unto you these things in the churches. I am the root and offspring of David and the bright and morning what? Star. Jesus is called a star throughout the Bible. Look at Revelation chapter 1. That's not all. Trying to narrow this down. Revelation chapter 1. Look at verse number 20. The mystery of the seven what? Stars, which thou sawest in my hand, and the seven golden candlesticks, the seven stars are the what? Are the angels. Look at chapter 12, Revelation chapter 12. Revelation chapter 12. You know, you, got, you get in front of an astrophysicist and try to tell the, the Christmas story <laughs> like most people. They'll laugh you out of the room. Because that's not the way it happened. This is not an astronomical event. This is a supernatural revelation. Revelation chapter 12, the Bible says in verse number 9, In the great dragon, do you see him? He is also up there uh, in, in verse number 3. The great dragon, verse 9, was cast out, that old serpent called the devil, and Satan was deceived the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. See verse number four about this great red dragon. Verse four says his tail drew the third part of the stars of heaven. That's talking about angels. You can write down one more reference. Job chapter 38 verse seven. When God created the world, he said the morning stars sang for joy. And all the sons of the angels are a star. Now, they can also be the appearance of the one that is showing up. You remember when uh, Peter was in jail in Acts chapter 12, and they were praying and praying, oh, God, get Peter out of jail, get God, Peter. And, and 
God sent an angel, got Peter out of jail. And Peter came to the door and knocked on the door. And she said, our prayers are answered. Peter's at the door. They said, hush, you don't know what you're talking about, woman. And she, he kept knocking. And she said, really? It's Peter. You know what they said? It's not him, it's his angel. It's an appearance of him or a vision of him. It's not him in person. It's just something you see that looks like him, like his angel. You know, all the way back in the 1600s, they were writing about the fact of Matthew chapter 2 being an angelic appearance to these wise men. John Gill records that. You know, even, I think it's even strange, one of the best movies ever made in all of the world, black and white, It's a Wonderful Life. Y'all, y'all, y'all like, I like, I like that movie. Anything black and white pretty much is, you know, it's sort of safe. You know where that starts? It starts with, with angels talking to each other. You know what they are? They're little stars up there. They're talking to each other. What really has happened here, these three wise men, the Lord Jesus Christ has appeared to them brightly. God has appeared to them, whether it was the angel of the Lord or whether it's some other manifestation of some angelic presence or some some light, but this revelation has come to these wise men and lets them know the king of the Jews is born. This is not something they read in astrology. This is not something that they, they wouldn't have, if you stood up all night, you couldn't have got that out of Balaam's prophecy or out of Daniel's prophecy. God revealed this to them. The star said, his star said, king of the Jews born. They said, all right, we're going to go see him. And they got there, where is he? We got the revelation. We don't know where he's at, but we're here to find him. And they got the Bibles out. Herod said, well, it had to be born in Bethlehem, according to the Bible. Well, let's go to, let's go to Bethlehem. We don't know how we're going to find him, but we're going to try to find him. And anybody that's trying to find God, he'll show up again. And bang, there's the star again. And so they got, and they walk the 10 miles or ride the 10 miles. I don't know what they're on. And here's their honorage. Wow. Now, I often wonder, why didn't anybody else see this phenomenon? Guys, only open hearts get the revelation, I'm telling you. Nobody else wanted to see this. These are wise men. And this star came right down over where the child was. No guesswork. No charts. They're following that star, that appearance, that angel, whatever you please, of that revelation. And it settled right over the king. And no wonder when that happened, they don't need any more proof. That's him. Break out the gifts, boys. (laughs) And God did that to a bunch of Gentiles. Gentiles. 